Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Ball Woo. don't stop and neither do we. I'm back with another classic episode of Through the Wire podcast. Of course, I am not here alone. We got D Mills rocking his Jamal Murray just like he was in the postgame show. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to put the one with him with the glasses, but I couldn't really find a good picture. Mm, the one that fit the aspect ratio of the the zoom call <laughs> exactly so so what's that you predicting that they about to you know make something happen tonight no uh, i think so you got ad on a tweaked ankle you know i don't i don't trust trust i don't trust brain ankles you never really know how a player gonna come out and react to it so i'm interested to see how that happens and i think they got a chance mike you got your tweaked ankle boy anthony davis back there yeah, it's not a chance we lose tonight, man. I mean, I don't think so. You I think sound like Charles Barkley. One way away from the the finals, and LeBron can smell that that finals. Come on now, if we lose this game, I'd be super surprised. Like if AD has a a subpar game because of his ankle, I I would hope that LeBron takes his one last game that he could really dominate. You'd be surprised. Interesting, interesting, and P. Then ditch the green screen completely. I like this vibe a little bit better either way. Yeah, I do too. Um, my green screen broke. I'm just keep it real. <laughs> we did a show weeks ago. I left when where I, I don't know. I just left the house. I went and did some things. I came back thinking I was just about to play the game, and when I came, it was just I left everything up, but it was just like. So well, that's whatever. But I like this vibe better too. I'm listening to both of these dudes and they just hilarious. You got one guy who speaks one way on Twitter and then come on here, he's mild with it. Derek, say what you said. You think they can come back if Anthony Davis don't play today? Yeah, that's kind of what I said. But they apparently reports are saying that um Vogar said that he's playing and AD said that he was playing. But you know he's gonna play, but but he, even if he's not there, you you think they can, you know, take this game is what you just said. So it don't even, even if he is, even if he is there and he playing on that hurt angle and he not playing up the par like he has been these last four games, I think that they can come out and they can take this game. No, 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 no. I'm saying you said they would come back and win the series. No, I said they would come back and force the game seven. Oh, uh, you know, uh, he, he talking about he did say that, but that's, that's still two more games though. Yeah. You said what? That's still two more games, though. So you think yeah. they'd win this game and come back and get the next one, too? Yeah, because then that momentum from this game will roll over to the next, and I think that would be a... And then I that momentum will roll over into the finals. <laughs> into the finals? No, I don't think they win a game seven. I don't got them winning game seven if they force one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you're picking them to go to game seven based off momentum. So if all they had all that momentum, it don't. It, that's funny. But but when it comes down to it, they still got AD and LeBron. And I'm taking them in the game seven. Over I just wanted you to, to to say that on here because ain't no sense of saying it on Twitter when you can put it on here. And this is where it really counts. And then, so we got that opinion from him. And then we got Mike saying he don't think it's a chance. No they, chance, which is crazy. That is wild, bro. The way I see it is, well, I think the Lakers are going with that, with that mindset that there ain't no chance. I don't think you could let this Nuggets team get anywhere get a conference they have they've been close in a lot of these games they that's have, why it's they've been hanging in and that's why i said <laughs> they gotta they gotta end this now if they give the nuggets the game tonight we know they gotta coming. end it but you saying that they don't have a chance is the wild part that we're saying they hit a game winner uh the last game wasn't that far apart and you saying they don't have like a chance even with ad's ankle sprain you said you'd be surprised if they lost because LeBron should just pick it up. Like, you really think he should. He should. But he hasn't. 
this whole series. Yeah. He's been cool. Mm-hmm. He ain't had a yeah. he ain't had a LeBron moment at all this whole series. Hey, it's a perfect game too. It's a perfect game too. Hey, he got that boy Jeremy Grant on him, so it's tough. That don't mean shit. LeBron ain't playing bad by no standards. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, this is he ain't had no signature game right yet. He ain't playing bad. He's just saying he had that. Like you look at the box scores, be like, oh, he got twenty six, nine, and eight, and like, but it don't feel like that. You know what no. I'm saying? That, that's the way LeBron has been playing this whole playoffs. It feels like great for the Lakers because they up three one. Yeah. Um, either way, we already talked about the last Lakers game. We did a post game um, show on Twitch. That was twitch.tv slash House of Highlights, and that's also up on YouTube. So if you want us to hear us talk about the last game, um, that's also there. And I think we're gonna probably skip it on this show just because you can go back and watch that. Uh, let's transition to the Eastern Conference because we had a three-one lead going into last night's game, and the Boston Celtics stay alive behind Jason Tatum taking over in the third quarter like he did the previous game. And um, and closing out the game that was that has been a big thing for the Boston Celtics this whole series where they'll they'll potentially have a lead in the fourth quarter and the Miami Heat do such a good job when they're back against the wall they usually come back but tonight or last night they were not able to and the series lives on I want to hear all thoughts I want bold predictions I want everything I got Game Seven that's my bold prediction mm. I think I think the Celtics got that confidence I think they got their mojo back I think JTJ Brown they're gonna be hard to handle Marcus Smart he ain't shoot the ball well but he still had four steals eight rebounds eight assists mm. I, I like how they just came out and they played in that third quarter because the beginning of the game it was looking kind of scary because they was kind of out of sync seventeen uh, five or something like it was crazy yeah they yeah. they were just looked at real bad as a team all together. And then they pulled it all together. Jason Tatum took over. Brown had his 26. Kimball was out. And then Canner played only 10 minutes, and he came out and had eight points. And they were four all... for four to start off. Yeah, very good. And then Tyson at third quarter also, even though Jason Tatum played real good, Tyson came out and really gave him a boost. He had three blocks as a 6'8 center. Tyson was so... amazing yesterday. He, he outplayed Bam for the first time in the series. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to the Celtics, man. Definitely want to give the Celtics some credit. Uh, you know, because they played like a team that had their back against the wall and they kind of left it all out there. And that's all you can really ask for from a team that's one game away from being eliminated. Um, like y'all said, Thice played real, real well. Um, I've seen, I seen some good things from Gordon Hayward. I like, I really like when Gordon Hayward get his feet in the paint, like uh, below, the, below the free throw line because he yeah. got a nice little, he got like little spin moves and he just knows how to work his pivot when he get in that area and he got a real nice touch. So I, I want to see more of that from him. Um, I know they relying on him to shoot, especially when they do the zone and him to be the zone breaker, but I still want to see him be aggressive and get his feet in there because he got a nice uh, variety of moves that he does when he gets into that area. Um, and he's a, he's a good decision maker if he wants to dump it down or whatever. Uh, but I like the moments that I saw from Kemba defensively too. I know he had like the, the little flop situation or whatever, but he a also had some things. He was uh, well, he was really locked in, and that's not what he's known for. But it just shows you the mind and thought of the team. It's like we got we we, we out here. We got to get this win, um, and that's that's why I feel like the Heat um, got to respond in the next game um, and not let it go to seven. Obviously, but I really feel like it, it needs to be an infant. An, emphasis on it because the Celtics are showing and I, Jason Tatum even said in his post game like I'm we got to leave it all on the floor like this is it so you know um when you get a team like that with desperate you know desperate causes uh cause for desert des- desperate measures so the, the Celtics are already talented but putting them in a desperate situation and they back against the wall and they just 
you know, all on the floor, that's not what you want to see from that team. That, that makes them even more dangerous. So I just want to see the, the Heat be a little bit more locked in. Bam did take uh, responsibility for that game because he did get outplayed and didn't play his best game. But I definitely think that he can still close this out in the next game. But um, mm-hmm. the Celtics are coming. They are in it. And it is real. Um, so hopefully the Heat do come out locked in. Um, and the Celtics should have some confidence. I mean, they lost that game before on a 37-point performance from Tyler Hero. So, yeah. you know, you, I don't expect him to do that uh, again this series. Maybe he, if they get to the finals, you have another hot game or something. But he's not going to consistently do that. So you chalk that up, you come out and win this, and then you just try to contain them. And, and you write out, you write in a series one game at a time. Uh, and that team is good. Yeah. I think when there's a when there's a team with a three one lead and a team that's that's you know losing, they get that win to force the game six. I think that's probably one of the most important games you could probably have. You know, I think that's one of the biggest momentum changes. And no, the odds aren't against you, but I think there's just a different level of confidence and the type that we can beat. It's it's way more easier when you're looking at a game by game basis to beat a team two more times than to just kind of look at that hole and say three more times. So. Once you go, once you can try to force that game six off that three two, I think the momentum changes a little bit to the team that's down. But the Heat, they just played bad. It's just you got to figure they're going to play way better in game six. Right. So, yeah. So, I'm real disappointed in Jimmy. He came out. I felt like this flat. was a big, one of the biggest games for his career so far. And he just didn't perform. Goran Drogg was in foul trouble the whole game. Mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson disappeared in the second half. I want, I want to give them kind of the benefit of the doubt because the same thing happened against the Bucks, where they were up in the series elimination game and they kind of put up a stinker. Then a game after that, they came out and closed out the series. So I want to kind of give them a benefit of the doubt. But this this Boston Celtics team has so much more fight than the Milwaukee Bucks team, which is crazy to say because the Bucks are like the one seed. We're like, the reason these conference finals have been so good is because we're like a couple shots away from the series being completely different, right? 3-1 on the west side, but if Anthony Davis missed that game winner, they go to OT, things are different. Then we have a couple big runs by the Miami Heat. Tyler Hero puts up a 37 for a rookie. Like, that's never been done before other than Magic. Mm-hmm. So the series could be changing. The block as well. I mean, the, the I, block. I, the block is big. I forgot that, about that. That feels yeah, so that block was a, If that block God. was an and one, Celtics take that game. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think that's probably what the Boston Celtics have in their mind. But like, man, we may be down by three one, but this series is so much closer than that. So we're gonna come out there and we're gonna fight hard. I mean, Derek mentioned it. Daniel Tice was one of the biggest X, fa- X factors in this game, and and that's why Bam took credit because like. They couldn't run the zone because Daniel Tice was being so effective. The Miami Heat had ran his zone all series long for multiple 40 possessions in a row type thing. But they only played 10 possessions of zone this game. That is, that's crazy compared to like the other times. But that's because things were opening up so much more because it's Tice's play. And the Miami Heat is like the best three-point shooting team in the NBA and they put up a stinker. Like, nobody could anything. Jay Crowder, he's still shooting confidently, but they just saying, shoot it, Jay. We don't, we don't care. He, what did he finish from? He was 0 for 6 for his for first six. He got, He's got to oh, be, he, like, he finished with 0 for 6. He's got to yeah. be shooting, like, under 30% in the series. He's though. shooting 25% from three. No, the team is shooting 25% from three in the last, like, three games. So, they just yeah, can't hit a shot. for, like, 20-something in his last few games. Yeah, they, they shot 19% as 19% a team. from three, from a team that's normally a really, really good three-point shooting team. So that can also be an answer to why this game ended up the way it did. There's so many different factors in there. That was the theme throughout the playoffs, too. Uh, the last series, Boston and Toronto, that OG shot changed that. But that was very close to, to not being the way that it was. Mm-hmm. So we, we they were on the flip side um, last, last round. 
now they're on the other side of the the 3-1 or whatever. Um, but yeah. I, I read somewhere that this is the 18th time this season that the, the Miami Heat have blown a double-digit lead, which is... I mean, that was what they were known for going into the bubble, but they had kind of snipped that in the bud just by getting these leads and holding on to them. But this is like one of the first times in the playoffs where they've actually blown a double-digit lead. I mean, we've seen it both ways. The Heat had a 12-point lead at some point, and then the Celtics ended up having a 19-point lead at some point. So we saw both ends of it. And a lot of that is that third quarter where Jason Tatum, I mean, it's the second game in a row where he doesn't do much in the first half. Something happens halftime, and he is like on fire for the remainder of the game. He um, took responsibility for that game, too. He said him going scoreless in that first half was a big reason why they lost. Yeah, it was. Man, just a couple buckets. I like how he came out and answered. Yeah. I mean, the most important thing I liked is just he – whenever a scorer cannot get, like, their shot to fall and they see, like, they're struggling a little bit, just get into that line, man. He shot – I think he shot over 10 free throws. And when you just – you give that to a scorer, it's just they, – they're, they're going to get there almost 30, you know, 30-plus 30 guaranteed if you can give a scorer 10 free throws. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised Jimmy's struggling because when at least old Jimmy, when he was struggling, he would shoot like 10 plus free throws a game. That's not even just old Jimmy. That's Jimmy last series. Like it wasn't even that far ago since he since he's been doing something like that. But this whole series, he just he just ain't been their best player offensively. Yeah. And I I don't know. And then Goran Dragic foul now is still huge. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jimmy is just I think that's the conversation we had. Like Jimmy is, you know, he's he, he's as good as he is because he's just such a good all-around player, and he has his moments when he can knock down shots for you. But I don't, yeah, I don't know if Jimmy is your guy that's going to have all of those moments consistently where he's just because I mean he was just five of eleven. He just should have took some yeah. shots. He didn't necessarily, you know, play terrible. He just right. no, no, he definitely was far from having a bad game. He just didn't mm-hmm. step up. That's all. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Definitely, it's definitely that blessing and a curse when you've got so many teammates that can step up that, you know, it, it's kind of hard to just always take the ball out of Tyler Hero hand or Judge or Drogic can, especially when they're shooting well. So, um, Dr. Robinson with the first half he had. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think about like the days where he really, like, where I think about where Jimmy Butler was like that dude, regardless of when he was on that Bulls team, especially after Derrick Rose left, because there really wasn't nobody else after him that was going to take them shots. Yeah. I like I'm 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 enjoying this series. Y'all got predictions for the next game? Because next time we'll talk will be on Tuesday, and the series the series will probably be over by then, right? So we got a they got a Sunday night game, and then it would be Tuesday night if um if they do force a game seven. Yeah, I, I, I called it a jump. I said I got game seven in this series. I got Heat, man. I got Heat winning this tonight. I guess no, tomorrow. Um. They they should be fine. They they seal up uh three two. Just come out and play the basketball that they play. They know they know what's at stake. They know uh the Celtics aren't the pushover team. And they're talented, man. They they they're the talented. They're right there even with you know, them shooting as bad as they did. And they, they lost in every category except blocks, if I'm not mistaken. Um so I think they they they'll come out better. They are experienced, they do have vets. This they have their young guys sprinkled in there, but this is a team that's this is what they're made for. They're made for adversity. They're made for being you, Mike. We talked about in the pre-show. You Donis Haslam being all up in the huddle, encouraging guys. This is what they made for. They know what's on the line. They got enough veterans and enough guys who've been in this situation before to not allow themselves to blow um, a three-one lead. But you know, the Celtics definitely gonna put up a fight. I'm not expecting the, the, the Celtics to lay over at all. Yeah. 
I got a question. How do y'all? How much do y'all think home court advantage is playing a factor in these series? Like the the fact that there is no home court advantage. I think that I was talking to Pete about this. I think there's more of a factor. It, oh, it's more of a beneficial for some teams that there is no home court advantage. I think like playing teams at the Staples Center or at you know the American Airlines Arena, like it's just more. Is you taking that away from going against teams? I think helps them out more than it is just playing at home. If that well, makes sense. Denver, you know, that's the altitude. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, uh, you know, that could be an advantage. I mean, um, it be looking like they're using it downhill because they, they be running all game. <laughs> they be trying to hang in there for 48 straight minutes. <laughs> What's crazy about it is that both all four of these teams that are remaining were amazing at home this, se- this season. Like Miami Heat barely lost a game. They were, like, right behind the 76ers as far as, like, win percentage at home. Um, the Staples Center is such a crazy spot. Y'all just mentioned the the altitude, and the then also a really good home. TD Garden is ridiculous too. So like, yeah, I mean, how much is it playing a factor? I think it was Mike, and I was hoping that he was going to talk about it. How it's like, it's probably easier for Tyler Hero to go out and drop thirty seven when there's no, not twenty thousand fans screaming at him, whether it be at home or away. You know what I'm saying? Um, and those things is like same thing like Jamal Murray, right? We want seeing him do stuff like this before the bubble and maybe that does play a factor in it but everybody's on an even playing field so i can't even say that it has any effect for the negative or the positive for this team and that team because everybody's the same like every everybody is the control group um, i definitely I, i'm definitely enjoying it though because i feel like um we're getting some good basketball i feel like three ones ain't the regular three ones like you see this we don't look at it as as like before three ones used to be like, ah, it's over. But like in the bubble, we don't we don't necessarily just look at three ones like, oh, it's over. Mm-hmm. Because but you know, they're just not because the Nuggets back. have came back from two of them, huh? Is that just because the Nuggets have came back from two of them? They're not the only ones that came back. Who was in the bubble that came back from three one? The the Raptors. Oh yeah, the Raptors they win the game seven. But okay, like okay, see, right? Okay, see. Okay. I mean, they didn't win the series, but it went three yeah. one, and then just game seven. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. And I think it's because you don't have to go back. You're not, first of all, you're not going back and forth. And you don't have to play that that game deciding game on somebody else's home floor. It's just an even feel. You just go out there and hoop. All you have to do is hoop. You ain't got to worry about going into Miami and they got the white out all in the stands and rah, rah, rah. Like you just go out there, you hoop, and that's what it's all about. It's all about hooping. All about hooping. I would hate to be the team that wins a championship this year as a fan because there's like going to be no parade. Like no big celebration for the city, you just have to chill. They said they can't even celebrate like at the arena. They said it won't be no champagne popping or nothing. Everybody just got to got to play it safe. That that does suck though. I mean, championship is a championship. I'm not saying I, I wouldn't want to win, but it's just like the celebration thing. Like I'm not even a Blackhawks fan, but the two times they won the Stanley Cup, I was at the I was at the parades just because it's like a party. It's a party with thousands of people. Yeah, and that's that's, that's the type of stuff. What you said? That's your city too, so like I facts, don't right? You. So if I'm in Miami, like, can you imagine a parade in Miami? I remember the parade in Miami when LeBron won it for the first time. So like that times a hundred, maybe not times a hundred, because LeBron was there, but that times whatever, because we were the underdogs going into it, and we might win a championship. That would be crazy. Or LA, the first time they won a championship since a decade, basically. It's been a long time. Like that parade would have been fire. Still do some shit in LA just because it's been so long. A social distancing parade. No, like, people just doing it just because. Oh, just because? Yeah. Miami win, it's going to be a parade. Whether the heat there or not, it's going to be a parade. Oh, it is Florida. And they yeah. don't give a damn about this virus. <laughs> 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 All 
Uh, but either way, yeah, yeah. So so far, so good as far as basketball goes, and that's it's gonna be the case. It's crazy that we're close to it being over. That's like the scary part for us. Yeah. Again, we will have off season, free agency, draft stuff, but like the the bubble had been so so quick so far. You know, what I'm saying the finals could start next week. And that's crazy. It doesn't feel like we're in the conference finals, even though we know there's only four teams left. I remember <laughs> waiting for the bubble. It seemed forever. Like, when we found out the dates and when it was going to mm-hmm. happen and all that, it felt like, man, we was waiting and waiting and waiting. We, it we was dragging. We only got four episodes till they start. We only got four more episodes till the start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this offseason things go down for us personally so we can get off this Zoom call thing. You know what I'm saying? Social right. distance episodes or something. Yeah, we need that. Uh, we need that studio because we can't social distance in the last set. It's too small, so we need that studio. Yeah, PB all on my leg, touching on me and shit. What? I don't know what y'all got going on that side. Yeah, I'm glad we on our side. Yeah. I don't even pay certain things. (laughs) So we got um we got some more some more news from teams outside the bubble. The Chicago Bulls hired Billy Donovan to be their head coach. First thing I'd say was I can't wait for Larry Market to be drawing up a play late in the game. But <laughs> I know honestly, man, I think it's it's a step up from what y'all had, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's, I think for, for player development is a solid coach. He has experience in college and this is a young team. And I think they can all grow together. Maybe he can grow with some X's and O's. Because that's really where you look at it and think he struggles. It's like late in the game and X's and O's. Because as a team, like throughout the regular season with his team, they look fine. And it's just late in games and big games where they actually look bad. Like, you was like, what is going on? And that's why I'm okay with this hiring because the Bulls are not going to be in a game seven of a conference finals anytime soon where Billy Donovan can shit the bed because he's been a consistent coach to get into the finals. Like, I mean, not to the finals, but the playoffs. Yes, he's had some great players on his roster to do that. Um, but he also has helped develop some of the other players, the lesser known players on those rosters, which is great. Um, I think his mindset as a head coach is is beautiful. Like I was, of course, after he gets hired here, you go on this deep dive as a fan, um, as far as like watching interviews and stuff. Because of course we know who Billy Donovan is, but I didn't know who Billy Donovan was like as a person and like like his schemes and things like that. So you go on a deep dive because that's my team. And one thing that I heard him say a lot throughout different interviews was like ninety five percent, like getting getting players to buy in only ninety five percent. So he was saying that like. Only 5% of the game do you have the ball in your hand. So let's execute on the other 95% offensively and defensively. And he said he's been doing a damn good job getting that in the minds of his players at Florida and getting the mind of his players in OKC. And if you can really get into the mindset of being good in those those 95%, it doesn't matter if you have a bad shooting night because if you execute on the other 95%, you're going to be an impactful player when you're on the court. And if you can get that into everybody's heads... It, I mean, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. And I think I think that this team all, always, on a lesser note, mimics OKC last year as far as, like, we, of course, we don't have that floor general as Chris Paul, but we have the Steven Adams and Wendell Carter set hard screens, rebound well. We have the Gallinari and Laurie Market. Obviously, again, at a lesser tier, but, like, the, the molds of these players. And then we got, that, we got three guards that all can handle the ball pretty well. So I, I think the mold of it is similar. We're not going to be as successful as them because we don't have – Shay, we don't have Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, yeah, uh, we have Zach Levine, Kobe, and, and uh, Tomas Sadaransky. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna say Chris Dunn. I was about to say, I thought, yeah, that. yeah, Chris Dunn. I, I'm gonna talking. just assume that Chris Dunn is out of here, bro. What you know, he could be our Lou Dort. What made you say that? What he do? He didn't, uh, he he didn't show he up to the, the bubble. bubble. Oh, right, right, which makes sense. He's he's, yeah. a, he's a free agent. 
One thing I would be a, a little concerned about is just like the Bulls, like I said, y'all have scoring guards, but y'all don't really have no leadership type guard. Mm-hmm. And I would say something that kind of fucked all over last year is just like y'all didn't know how to keep y'all headstrong during those late games. Mm-hmm. So if he can help y'all, you know, keep that up, and if he could actually show he has that, I think that's a definitely like a great beneficial for y'all. I mean, other than the Miami Heat, we blew like the most leads this season too, like yeah. like for real. Um, and they were have, a first half team. What did you say? They were a first half team. Yes, for sure, for sure. Looked amazing, right? Multiple yeah. games we've been to, they looked amazing the first half. Looked competent, and then Jim Boylan said something that pissed the players off, and they just stopped playing basketball for it. <laughs> Uh, but I, I'm happy with the signing. I've I've been seeing Bulls fans be so picky about it. I mean, of there there may have been other coaches you would have wanted, but you can't be mad at a, we have a competent coach for the first time. Y'all literally just uh, y'all y'all upgraded. Y'all yeah. upgraded. Yeah. I, y'all it was actually predictable. It was actually very predictable. When they said that they were interested, once he got fired, I just I just kind of knew he was, <laughs> he was like the was biggest it? name out there. He but it like, ain't always about the biggest name. I right? know, but I knew that they wanted to go that route. I, I had a feeling that they were going to go that route. I liked Kenny Atkinson's possibility. Yeah, you know what I'm saying that's what I thought was the. But I you, had, was, I felt like it was gonna be between them two. It has to be mutual though. Maybe Kenny Atkinson sees one of the other jobs. It's a lot of jobs on the market right now. He may so see one of the that, other jobs. I would, I would have if I was Kenny Atkinson, I would have waited too. You still got the Pelicans out there. Yeah, I think I feel like that's a match made in heaven too. I think he might end up with the Pels. Sixes are out there. It's a lot mm-hmm. of you know, you just don't know. So, <clears throat> but I like I like Billy Donovan for y'all because like I said, it's an upgrade. You know, as a person who's a fan of the Knicks, I know how it can, you know, you, you can't be too picky because once you've had your fair share of guys in a seat that you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, to get somebody that, that is, that, that has a resume of knowing what they're doing, um, it, it, it's re- rewarding and refreshing to do because you're never going to find the perfect coach. No. You don't have the perfect team. So I don't know. not out there as a free agent as a coach, you yeah. know. And, you know, it don't matter who your coach is. You don't have a, the, the roster. You can have fucking Phil Jackson. You can have Eric Spoelstra. But if the team ain't right, then it don't matter who you have. So mm-hmm. um, I think Billy Donovan and the, the, the Bulls are a good fit because they're two teams. I mean, they're two things that can grow together. Um, I think he can open up the way he's been coaching. Because OKC has been a certain way. You know, he's always had, since he's gotten there, he's always had an established leader type player like it was russell westbrook russell westbrook and then paul george then they leave and then you bring in chris paul so now he comes into a situation that's kind of resembling to a college team mm-hmm. where you got a lot of young talent nobody solidified the closest thing to being solidified is zach and even with him being the closest thing to being solidified he's still yet to be an all-star he was right there on the hinge but you know he's still not super solidified so you, you have like a bunch of players who aren't super established in the league and he can come in and, and because sometimes the pro and con to having established players is, you know, they're really good, but then sometimes they're so good that they don't really even try to listen or grow because they, I'm, I'm Russell Westbrook. What the fuck can you tell me? Yeah. But when you have guys like Zach, who's still a step away, you got all of these young guys, they may be a little bit more open to listening to your 95% theory or whatever. Um, because, you know, they, they don't – they're trying to get to that next step. So I, I like that. Um, and I think that the Bulls have ways to get better. They have the fourth overall pick. Um, this free agent class isn't blown out of the water, but the Bulls don't need any superstar. They can get, you know, just a tad bit better in these little spots. And I don't – even if they don't even look at free agency, I think, you know, them being at full health is still something we're waiting to see. Yes. So, 
but that's that's another thing we hired we hired more trainers and stuff you know so that's a good thing um and trainers are not going to prevent injury but they can um make it so that you don't further injure yourself like we've seen a bunch with the bulls where somebody tweaks an ankle they out for two games they'll come back and retweak it and now they're out for two weeks well like Otto porter tweaked his ankle came back and it was out for three months type stuff um tank hannah's gone like our medical staff is gone so hopefully that's a step in the right direction um, one thing that I'm excited about mostly is that, like, I feel like with the Bulls over the last couple seasons, it mirrored, like, high school, right? You know how, how you remember high school, since Derek is 6'2", we're going to make him a center. Even though we don't know if Derek will ever be 6'9", 6'10", to play center at the next level, they're going to build you because that's what they need you to do for this team. I feel like that's what they did to Laurie Market in the last couple years. Oh, snap, we need a stretch four. I know he can shoot it, so let's only have him work on shooting threes. So he get in the game, he can only do that. And he lost his confidence, and he doesn't do the things that he did his first couple seasons because that's what they did for him. And I think Billy Donovan can come in and, and make Larry Marketing back to a real rounded player where he's not just spotting up all damn day. You know, he used to drive. He he has like four posters in this rookie season. Like he dunked on Vucevic, um, dunked on Steph Curry and flexed on Steph Curry. Um, who did he dunk on in the Knicks? Was it Porzingis? He dunked on Porzingis. Right, exactly. So like he has posters. But this season, he rarely, rarely put the ball on the floor because the scheme had it. So let's stand at the top of the key, pick and pop, pick and pop, pick and pop, pick and pop. So... I'm, I'm just excited, excited also just because the players, they evidently showed that they really hated Jim Boylan. So it's hard to get up and play nightly without that drive to even want to play for your head coach. And you know the organization ain't doing shit that even try to make you happy. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a step in the right direction to get they mentally like back into the game where they actually coming out and they actually going to give it a full effort. And we might actually see them come out and be real competitive and maybe fight for an eight seed or something like that. You don't know. That's all we want as a Bulls fan next season. We just we just want to be competitive again. Yeah, just fight. Just show some effort. Just show mm -hmm. something. I think the roster is that, man. It's Wednesday. there. I, that's why I was so adamant about it like, going like, going into last season. I thought we was here. We was ready. Ari Markkinen, Zach Levine, Kobe White, Otto Porter, Denzel Valentine, uh, Hutch. No, <sighs> and we're not even – we don't – and we still don't know what they're going to do with the fourth overall pick. Yeah. You know, Sadaransky. I like I like the team. Um, so hopefully This is uh this is Zach Levine's what fifth coach in six years. He needs some stability. So let's name him. It was Boylan, Hoiberg. Hoiberg. Tom Thibodeau, he was not. Tom Thibodeau was not there. Fred Hoiberg was so, his first Chicago coach. So Oh, also um, with Minnesota. He was Flip Saunders then, right? Flip Saunders, rest in peace. No, who um, are you talking about? Zach Levine? Yeah, Zach Levine. Yeah. Oh, I coaches. thought we was naming the last past couple of Bulls coaches. Oh, no. Oh, we were talking name. about the last five coaches. For, for Zach Levine. Levine. For Zach Levine, right. yeah. So Fred, Fred, Jim Boylan, Jim Boylan. Flip Saunders. Flip Saunders. Boylan. He already said Boylan. So he did play for Tom Thibodeau. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, who's that intermediate coach they had in between that time? Sam Mitchell. Yeah, he played for Tom Thibodeau, yeah. So they traded. Thibodeau was like, Jimmy, I'm coming. Don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so those are the five coaches he played for throughout his career. He just needs some stability, man. Very, very Devin Booker-esque in that sense. We're like, good promising player. Can't keep a head coach for more than a season. And you see what happened with with, um, with Devin Booker. You know, he got a competent coach, and they were in Hopefully playoff contention. defensively like Devin Booker has. 
Hey, Devin Booker's taking a big step defensively. All it's all it takes is somebody to to get in his head that ninety five. I'm gonna say that all season long. If, <laughs> if, if Zach Levine make one great defensive play, I was like, that's the ninety five percent right there. It take coaching and it take a reason to do it. Don't tell yeah. me to do it, and we're winning twenty two games. Yeah, you can't do it when you down. You know, double digits. You know damn well you're not gonna come back and lose. Like you, you just don't have it in your team. You're not gonna put in that effort. Yeah, we've never seen a defensive player of the year be on a losing team. <laughs> <laughs> we like, seen the effort LeBron was doing last year when he knew they was kind of like slimming down. He was hurt a little bit. He wasn't gonna put that energy on defense. Yeah, shit, just silly. Think about you. You wouldn't do it. Mike wouldn't do it if his team was eighty-one and zero. Crazy as hell. Mike, did you see the footage of your boy back? What happened? You see the f- footage of our boy? Nah. Hey Thompson, this boy right here. Oh. Nah, but I'm gonna have to go look that up because you know I love me some Clay Thompson. He was I just. Can't dare. He was just shooting. Do you not have Bleach Report notice on? Like I didn't even. I, I just got the Bleach Report notification two times. They they did it twice. Yeah, they did. <laughs> you be out of the loop, bro. Mike is the least social media guy out of the whole group, bro. He just don't be on there. And when he do, and when he is on there, he's like, "Good shot, LeBron," and that's his tweet for three it's days. Magic Johnson. I got the Magic Johnson vibe. Give me Magic Johnson vibe. <laughs> What's your predictions for tonight? Um. I got Nuggets. I think they're going to win in a close game. I think it's going to be like a 6 8 point win. I got Lakers by eight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I went on to Twitter. I opened Twitter, and the first thing I saw was a, was a, somebody tweeted at me. The internet GM tweeted at me. And y'all tell me what y'all, y'all, tell me what y'all think about this trade, okay? Um, first of all, this guy first, is a... Can I ask, how, how is it more than two teams? It's No, it's just a, it's one okay. team and one team. This guy is a Miami Heat fan. That's what it says in his bio. Um, he says that he get Chris Paul. Okay? So they get Chris Paul. Okay. The Thunder get Goran Dragic, Duncan Robinson, <laughs> Tyler Hero, KZ Ogpala, and two first-round picks. They crazy as hell, bro. He's the Heat fan. He's the Heat fan. For Chris Paul. <laughs> Why would he want to clean house? Man, first of all, wants to get a Tyler Hero, bro. My man's a champion. Crazy games. He just wants that for 40 year old Chris Paul. Ocala is definitely a player of the Thunder, which I'd sneak in. Bro, there. you know what's wild about this? The Heat haven't even lost. Like, they look like they're about to go to the finals and even could win, he, and he still he trying to find a trade. He definitely tweeted that. He tweeted that before the last game when they were up 3 1 about <laughs> to go to the championship. <laughs> bro, fans are crazy. Like, fans of teams are crazy, bro. He would just be doing shit. Like, yeah, your team is up 3 1, bro. He said, ah, it's not good enough. And he's serious. This is not, he. Somebody says the Heat are getting double penetrated in this trade. He <laughs> said, how? CP3 is easily a better player than Tyler Hero and Duncan <laughs> Robinson. This is robbery for the Heat, to be honest. Easily a championship <laughs> team if we can do this. You lose your shooting. You lose a lot. And you lose two first rounds. <laughs> and you get a guy that's 35 on a $44 million contract. like like, now, I just think about it like if that team don't work out and you just still got Chris Paul, now you're just in a damn a slump or a spot. So but at least we should get all the freedom with all the picks and the bro, young guys. We should just do a whole episode. We say tweet us your trade ideas and we just we just grade them. Grade other people's trades. Right, right. I guarantee we could put that tweet up now and that bitch going to flood. People <laughs> sitting on them, bro. We got to say that for episode, though. Somebody it's said Tyler man. Hero is untouchable. He said, I trade Tyler Hero for Aaron Gordon right now. Aaron Gordon? Aaron. Aaron Gordon? You talking about Clippers? Aaron, you, the Clippers Aaron Gordon when he was hooping. You talking about the right, the current? Hell no. Nah. I thought you said Aaron. 
Aaron, 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 uh, I'm glad it's just open to it right there. It's, not, it's not about the play, it's about the fit. And I got this article, man. Listen, it's by Jonathan Weiserman. Weiserman. It says NBA players dangerously close to bust status. Y'all tell me what y'all think of this list. Okay, I can't. I, I've already read this article, so I'll just be quiet. Kevin Knox. I thought we were You're way too him. early. Way too early. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, I ain't going to have y'all guess. Okay. He's no, like, I can't really say he's a bust, but he's no, he's not point. saying that he is. Yeah, he's close. No, it's fact. He's definitely close. He's definitely because he hasn't yeah, shown shit. I mean, he had some nights where he scored, like he put up twenty. But he his rookie really season, shit. he had a couple back-to-back nights where he's looking nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. we had the whole joke that he was the worst player in the league. Like, I, some, I, I I, I'm just glad that one game he went to, he was on fire. He dropped like twenty something. Did he really? Which wait against the Wizards or against the Bucks? That was the Bucks. That was against OT and Bucks, or the in the OT against the Bucks, I think. But I remember one of the games he was killing. Yeah, no, I looked right? at it. He scored 36 in that game. Because remember, I think he was right behind. Oh, 26, like, 26. He was sitting right, now, sitting, sitting right next to me, and there was people behind us like, man, Kevin Knox, I don't know why he keeps shooting the ball. He's one of the worst shooters. He was knocking it down every time. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr., another Nick. That's, that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. As a bus, I don't see him as a bus. I, it's very hard for me to just consider you a bus, especially if you. I mean, he he doesn't play. He don't. But he was like the he was like the ninth overall pick, and he doesn't play. Last season, last season, can y'all guess how many points per game he averaged? Well, he was playing with Luca, so it wasn't that much. No, this is no. This that season, this season, Knicks? this what? season. Oh, this season, this season. Oh, even if it was last season, he played for the Knicks last season. That is also true. <laughs> I'm gonna go with like eight points a game. Okay, eight points per game for Mike. Yeah. He he averaged five point five points per game, thirty four percent from the field, twenty nine percent from three. That's tough. Third on the list, Dallas Maverick, Justin Jackson. Was he drafted like fourteenth, fifteenth? Yeah, he was. That's that. I don't. Who expected him to do anything more than what he's doing? Yeah. TJ Leaf. Similar situation. He, I, when, I, when he was drafted, I didn't see TJ Leaf about to do anything. I don't know. He sounds like a just guy. He's going to stick around the lead just because he's a big that can shoot. Like, he might but, find but, a, but, but can he, though? Because I think that might have been a fluke. No, coming in. He, that's why he was drafted. He can shoot the ball really well, but yeah. He ain't I, done it in the NBA yet, is what I'm saying. No, nah, yeah. Uh, 26% from three. And his and his eight yeah. minutes per game. That's not that's not good enough to keep you out of that floor. Yeah, that's not good enough to have. But you people don't look at him as a potential. He he has the potential, you know. And that's it. why I say a, a team that just needs that little roster fight or maybe has that uh, that ability to take a chance. Why not? It's not like you want to pay that man damn near at all if he's you know off the books of a team. Yeah, we'll just bank on your potential. Did you know he was from Israel? No, I did not. He's from Israel. I I had no, with a name like TJ Leaf. I definitely didn't see Israel. Ty Jacob Leaf. From Israel. Interesting. Um, and last but not least, Josh Jackson. One hundred percent. I mean, that's that's that is the number one guy. For sure. I mean, I wouldn't even he might even be there already. That's funny, bro. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that pick is gonna I ain't gonna say it's gonna haunt the Suns, but my gosh. It could have been can you imagine that if they had somebody competent? I will say Javon was traded for Josh Jackson. He sure was. Yeah, he sure was. <laughs> hey.
Um, another thing that came up is that Kevin Durant was on Joe Budden's podcast, right? Yeah. Um, and here's here's something that he said. He says, and I, I want to see if y'all agree with it. Kevin Durant says that Giannis is the regular season MVP, but LeBron is the MVP of the NBA this season. Claims that the bubble ring will be the most respected ring in NBA history. But listen, because I, I actually listen, and mm-hmm. he wasn't he, he wasn't saying it like that. Somebody else said, and he said Shit, it could be more respected. He wasn't saying like that's why context is important. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying this is going to be the most respected ring. He was just saying, "Shit, you could you could respect it more." I honestly like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What I was gonna say, yeah, I I thought that this one of this championship, although some people, not me, are gonna look at it with an asterisk. I thought this was gonna be you know a tougher challenge, especially when you have to you know. Uh, these players have been basically gone from the homes for what, like three months? I mean, they got a visit, but you have to, you're staying in the bubble the whole time. There is no home court advantage, which is a, is a big deal for a lot of these teams. And it's just all the little stuff in between that we don't even really know about because we're not there experiencing the life in the bubble. Mm-hmm. But and it's, it's a, it's a limited, like, um, visit too. Like, LeBron put up, like, he misses his kids. Like, he his kids aren't there. It's just his wife. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's even, though you do have your visit, there's people out there. Dwight Howard got 11 kids. None, I think he got one in the bubble right now. Like, like it's crazy. Other team pissed. <laughs> but um, the way I would look at it is, I I think this this what this bubble has done is it it's made it all about basketball. It's hooping. It is no it's nothing but hooping. You you know what I mean? I think that's what's being exposed. You know, it's time to play basketball. You know, ain't no home court advantage. Um, Ain't no flights. We in here. We locked in. That's we, big. That's a big one. We straight hoop. And that's what we've gotten. I think we've gotten some of the best basketball when a lot of people thought for a while we was going to get some bad basketball because it's been so wild. But we had guys coming in here and people are hooping. Um, and I think that's one of the best. As a basketball lover, that's one of the best things you can ask for. We cutting it down. We, we streaming it down. We, we stripping it naked and we getting straight to it. It's just basketball. We got coaches trying to out-coach each other. We got schemes. We got – we seeing zones. We seeing all type of things because it's just it's just hooping. And right. though we were in a bubble, it kind of made for some dumbass, crazy, distracting headlines, people ordering food, the Rashawn Holmes shit, uh, Daniel House with the lady and all of that. We had some of those moments. But at the end of the day, it's kind of been just hooping. And who, who going to come and hoop? And mm-hmm. who gonna come and fucking not hoop or get outplayed? And that's what yeah. we've got. Um, and yeah, in the like, bubble, I mean, there's really no distractions. When you have a bad game, I feel like when you're outside the bubble, you can find things that kind of take your mind off. You could, you know, hang out with your family and stuff like that. But when you're in that bubble and you have a bad game, your team's down 3 1, that's all on your mind, you know, for the next few days. And Jason Tatum and Jayla Brown have said that, like, there's a hungry, there's more of a hunger when that's all that's on your mind, you know that it's not a good feeling to be down 3-1 instead of, you know, you being 3-1 and maybe you just feel a little bit more comfortable because, you know, you spend a time with your daughter or anything like that. But now this is all you got to think about. Mm-hmm. And I think for the coaches, you have to figure it out because, you know, usually yeah, if, if we're in a regular playoffs and they fly and they get two to three days off, that gives you three days to, to look and say, man, we wasn't doing it. It gives you that much time to look at film, but they just played yesterday, and they about to play again Sunday. So mm-hmm. the turnaround is quick, 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 quick. So I, I respect that too. Yeah, I feel like y'all kind of hit it all in the head. I think it's you get to see more of like it's that mental aspect of them having to sit and like be in their rooms. They don't get to go home. They in hotels all the time. 
because we've all been in hotels. We know hotels ain't the most comfortable. So they in there for three, four months, damn near. So that's definitely wear and tear on you. And then there's, I think it's actually good in a way because then like they don't have to sit and like they that rhythm is more consistent. So therefore they, they got that one day in between the name back hooping so that you never get that cold feeling where you traveling and doing all that. So it's actually real good. That's why we seeing Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell coming out dropping 40 and 50 plus consistently because they know they don't have that downtime. So that rhythm and that consistently consistency is still there. So, I think yeah. I think the lack of travel is super big. Super, yeah. super big. And when I, you're I'm, hot, you're going to stay hot. Yeah. Yeah, because we've seen games where, like, whole teams come out and look bad. But you got to think about it, They just flew across the damn country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're jet lagged. That we don't have that anymore. Every single night, we're getting crazy performances because this is the best version of themselves. They don't have these outside factors. They don't have anything other than hoops, which is the purest thing. It's the purest thing. And the people who were doing dumb stuff, they were the guys that don't matter. Yeah, but even, but even then, we didn't have a lot. Like, we had, okay, yeah. Daniel, Daniel House invited somebody over. Rashawn Holmes went to go get food when he, that was, like, the first day of the bubble, so he didn't even really understand the protocol. <laughs> and I think I think that's it. Like, those are the only yeah. mishaps we've had throughout the entire the, thing. The Lou Williams. Oh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams, yes. Those are the only three, though. Yeah. It's big. I mean, I mean, shout out to the players for staying tuned in because it could have easily went south. Like, people leaving the bubble, doing this and that being undisciplined, but everybody had one common goal, is that's to play basketball. Kevin Durant said something in this interview that you just brought up, too. He said uh, he don't blame the guys for trying to get some. Did he like, say that? He said that about Daniel House. He's asking how you feel about that. He said, I don't blame him. And it's a grown man, bro. Like, I thought, he said there ain't no girls around, nothing. I mean, sure, but, yeah, you you, you coming for work, coming for a business trip. Yeah, yeah it's not like he's spending 10 years in jail or something trying to get some, <laughs> trying to get some girl to slash. I'm trying to think. Who? Oh, man. Kevin Durant also announced his podcast, and he was saying that the co-host is a guy he met on his burner account, which is dope to me. Uh, and they just announced it yesterday via uh, social media, like the whole layout. Of the imagine, imagine that day where dude got that DM from KD, like, yo, you trying to start a podcast? Like, that shit had to be for surreal. Sales. Did he message him on the burner account, or you think he messaged him on, like, his real account? His real account. But I'm sure, like, like, shit it himself. started between the burner, but then when he probably was just having a conversation mm-hmm. with him, he probably like, oh, this dude actually, that's what, what else would he say? He was like, they had conversations, and he was saying, like, oh, this dude actually, you know, knows some things and cool to talk mm-hmm. to. And the podcast mm-hmm. is called uh, Etc. ETC, because it's not just going to be basketball it's not just okay. gonna be shit. uh he said they talk about music who is it with like who are they who is it by the you podcast should. you know 35 inches the the the, the what, what's they should call the black the uh the board on oh, the boardroom okay okay yeah the boardroom yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, cool. so i think it's gonna be dope uh, i like kd i like listening <laughs> to KD. i like listening to kd but i've definitely had him be saw him be on podcasts where like halfway through it he stopped caring and he just don't talk anymore <laughs> Um, one he did recently with uh, JJ Reddick. Halfway through the JJ Reddick one, he was just like, he was just sitting there at that point. He was just like this. They did go for like two hours though. I mean, you know. Oh yeah. But he was just sitting there like this in the room. See, yeah, I don't, I don't know, it. man. I don't feel that one. Like what? that's just the responses and stuff. He was with Joe Budden now. He was getting it in, man. He was. Yeah. It, it, Joe Budden's funny too because Joe Budden acting and shit. And KD like, come on with it. So yeah. if y'all didn't see, I definitely advise y'all to, to go watch it. Was dope. Um, they just you know, my, my my dad sent me that interview. I still haven't watched it. My dad sent it like I didn't. He said I didn't know KD was this funny. That was what my dad said. KD was KD was funny. Yeah, uh, he was talking about when uh 
it was rumored that KD was getting that Joe ex-girlfriend or baby mama. Oh, so they got it to it. Okay. And KD was like, yeah, KD, like, what was that about? He said, well, he was like, what was that about? He said, well, <laughs> he was getting, uh, he was in your feelings. No, my, my dad been sending me a lot of, my dad listens to two shows. He listens to this one and he listens to the Joe Budden pod. And whenever whenever he gets an interview or a moment from the Joe Budden pod that he likes and he think I should listen to, he just send it over. Like the one where he was talking to Charlemagne about like knowing worth and stuff or something like that. Um, he sent that right over to me. And he's like, uh, yeah. yeah, that was one of my favorites too. I'm a big Joe Budden advocate. They, I never watch his podcast because they over two hours, so I just be like, uh, cut, chop it up, bro, cut it up. You ain't gotta listen to it straight. I'll watch it when I lay down and if I fall asleep, it'll just go where I left off it. Like anything else, motherfucker. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if something is entertaining, two hours ain't really that bad. Bro, like, I'll be watching, not, bro. I'll be watching two hours and be like, uh, sometimes I have looked at the time and been like, damn, bro, this is a three. They got three hour podcast. <laughs> I don't know how them cameras are going that long, but yeah, that should be dope, though. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's all the news and stuff. Y'all got anything else for the for this episode? That's Send them trades, man. I want to do that episode. We're going to do that We're episode, trade. but we, we got to oh, do it yeah, like. Bro. I say save it for a rainy day, man. Yeah. Because we got to think about next episode, we'll be talking about the next game of both series. So we probably won't. So it'd have to be like. We should have talked about the Lakers, even though we did the post game. I know some people probably like, damn. Just go. It's just it's three up. It's three videos down. Just go watch it if you really want to know. I mean, it ain't. Well, it's the highlights. It might not be three videos down. You goddamn right, bro. You goddamn right. <laughs> Definitely done uploaded some Steve Francis highlights from 07. <laughs> and that, but we gave them a whole forty-five on that ep- on that game, so that's like a whole another episode if you didn't watch it. Earl Boykins best finishes. Hold on, oh, I'm gonna count. They didn't put that video up. <laughs> they didn't put that video up there. What? Two, three, Earl Boykins best finishes. It's only ten videos down, ladies and gentlemen. It's t- <laughs> it's only ten videos down. So if you <laughs> if you want to watch it, it's ten videos down. Earl Boykins. <laughs> Bro, whoever is getting dead in on them video, I don't know. The highlights gotta be ashamed of those. But I mean, it's like fast, fast. But he's still a bucket, though. No, 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 no. He was still getting buckets, bro. Yeah, no, Earl Boykins was a bucket. I couldn't go, man. I couldn't go. You couldn't go, get no. bro. Earl Boykins will do the move. He would give you the business, on you, bro. You yes, kidding me? He would give you the business, bro. bro. But people at the YMCA he be going crazy on you. This is an NBA player. First of all, yeah, he's an NBA player. But first and foremost, y'all need to chill. He's a bucket. I mean, and, and, can, and can, like compared to Mike is what I mean. Okay, not, sure. He wasn't yeah. average of 20 in the NBA, yeah. no. But I, we'll just say that. He's an NBA player. Don't forget that. But I'm not going to say he's a Like, let's relax. What was his, let's see. I'm going to add, I'm going to see. What do y'all think his career high points per game It had to be like 22, 22. 12. 12. 12. 14 and a half. <laughs> 14 and a half. You said 22? He's not Isaiah Thomas now. <laughs> oh, wait. Well, you said like career, about a career game. Oh, you said like career like career high, high yeah, as far as like averaging high. throughout a season. Oh, oh having, I thought I you thought, meant like just career high in general. Oh, okay, like, we can go career high. What is his career high? Twenty-eight. I'm stick with twenty-two. I think it's got to be in the twenties though. They keep drop thirty on somebody. Y'all are wild, bro. He has had multiple thirty-point games. What? He's still an NBA guard. At the end, his ball is in his hands majority yeah, of the game. When he gets high, he's shooting. So it ain't like he's attacking the rim. And they like right. So he's he had a thirty-six, a thirty-three, a thirty-two. Okay. He's a bucket. Fuck out of here. <laughs> hey, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. I'm going to see who no, dropped 36. No, that's not, bro. He's an NBA player who got high. A bucket is fucking Lou Williams. Lou Williams is a bucket. I know. I know. No, you don't know, motherfucker. You I thought don't. Earl Boykins was a bucket. 
He dropped. He dropped this against Tyron Lou. Talking about. I know. I know. I, Fuck out of here. That makes sense. He had a th- thirty-six and nine. Damn, he was going crazy. Man, what do you think his career high in rebounds? Oh, they lost though. Oh, career high in rebounds. I can check that. What's what do you think it is? Probably six. six. Three. Three. Eight. Yeah, it's three. eight. Okay. Eight. Eight. Damn. Against Chris Bosch and Barney, those were the bigs he was going hey, to get. Let's have this conversation to, to wrap this up. In all seriousness. Off the bench, too. He did that off the bench. I'm dead. What's y'all opinions on Carl Anthony Towns? Good player. He's a superstar yeah. in my eyes. Top, top three center, easily. Yeah, number three. And if he starts to win more, you can argue that he's number one. He has number one. He has number one potential and skill yeah, set. Yeah, number one potential, yeah. For sure. Good. Blocks. Career high in blocks. <laughs> one. One. Two. It's two. <laughs> Whatever you think it is, just add one to it, bro. What the hell? No, nah, P, I hear you, though, because somebody, people were trying to tell me that Bam was better than Carnage and Towns. And I was just like, we got to relax. Like, yeah, I was seeing a lot of Carnage and Towns disrespect, bro. It's one thing where, like, a dude just fits and, like, he plays exactly what you need on your team. But Carnage and Towns is just, like, literally raw talent yeah. for, like, a big man. So He's generational talent. Like, he's literally a franchise piece. Yeah, that's just oh, recency bias and people just people don't know basketball, man. That's just the, the end of it. So people be wanting to see certain shit to see if somebody can hoop. I don't need to see certain things. I I, I know if a motherfucker can hoop or not. Carl Jane Towns can hoop. Just that simple. All that empty stats, whatever that book, that shit is false. Y'all was saying that all them times for Devin Booker and he just showed in the bubble. Like it's the same shit. I'm gonna do the same thing. Don't don't punish me because the fucking Suns can't draft. How many fucking lottery picks do the Suns have? That's not even that's first. That's not even Satan not on a team. But are they in the NBA? Is Bender still in the NBA? No. Uh, no. He signed a minimum with the with the Bucks? Warriors. Uh, uh, he, he well, he with the Warriors in the Bucks this season. In two K, they didn't have him want six million dollars a year. He's not he doing can't nothing. Get a job. He not he doing nothing. Being out of the NBA, Josh Jackson went to the Grizzlies. Was playing in the G League. Marquise Chris spent some time when he seemed like he was out of the league. The Warriors picked him up or whatever. Yeah, they turned him around a little bit. These are like lottery picks, dog. That's three lottery picks. Ridiculous. I'm having a lot of fun going down these short players, like career highs and stuff. This is, this is Who are I'm you looking, looking at? Muggsy Bowles. I'm looking at Muggsy now. And what was his listed height up there? What'd you say? What was his listed height? 5'3", Michael. So is he the shortest player ever playing NBA? Yeah, he is, yeah. Y'all want to guess his career high point per game? Uh, point tw- per game. I mean, not point per game. I'm sorry. Uh, point. One game. 31. Mm. 31? I was going to say 27, but if, if, if Earl got 30s, I, I think he can get 30s. What about you, Mike? I'm going to go 26. 25, 26. 24. Oh. He had 24 three times in his career. Assist per assist for a single game. 13. Yeah. 10, 13. Uh, I'm gonna go 15, man. I feel like he went crazy. <laughs> he he went had crazy two 19 game. assist games, an yeah. 18 assist game, three 17 assist games. He was just throwing thing. it up to Larry Johnson. He was just throwing it up to Larry Johnson the whole time. Yeah, what about rebounds? Oh, are we thinking of Muggsy Bowes? Yeah. I'm in my mind thinking Spud Webb. Wow. <laughs> oh. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Because I'm, I'm like four, 19 man. assists. 
Spud Webb was like that with it. But, no, but I looked at Spud Webb. His is not impressive at all. I'm sorry. When you said, uh, when you said Larry Johnson, I just thought like, huh? <laughs> but okay, Muggsy. Rebounds. Seven. Eight. I'm gonna go seven, eight. Seven, eight. Five. Ten. Man. He had a game. Whoa. He had ten boards, Whoa. bro. Triple double. He only had five assists. Yeah, 18 oh, points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Game mm. a trip that boy was biting ankles out there. <laughs> and then lastly, steals. Bro, uh, you know them small people look. They, they be so active in the passing lanes to get them steals. I would go like eight. Seven. He has seven three times in his career. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a lot of damn steals, bro. He would have been I'm, a hell of a fantasy player that day. I mean, That's hey. If we want to keep going with the short kings, you know I got to go with the other one, the the one that actually was getting like a, was a bucket for a few seasons. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, career high, uh, a regular season career high. Uh, fifty. Fifty. Okay. I thought I'm gonna go like 45, 46. 42. I can give you two numbers though. 52 Miami against the Miami Heat. And then he had the playoff game against Washington where he dropped 50 plus as well. That's my name I was thinking. Um, blocks in a game. Two. One game. Two. It is two. It's Three. always going to be two for these short people. They get, <laughs> they get that one extra one. Steals. Six. He won the defensive guard. I'm going to go four. Uh, I'll go three. It was five. Five. Assists. 11. 14. Oh, that's a good guess, D-Mills. Uh, I'm going to go 13. He had a 15 assist game, man. That's just not who he was, but he did it. He did it. I can see him getting 15 assists. Man, that's it. All right, thank y'all so much for watching this episode of Through the Wire or listening to it. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday and talking, of course. Oh, we got one more small player. Who no. is it? I, 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 who? Nate Oh, my God. What am I doing? All right. Let's go Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. Not including playoffs because he had a couple big playoff games against the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Uh, Former Nick Ambul. All right. Highest point per game. I mean, not point per – highest point in the single game. Uh, I'm going to go – 40. 34. 34, 40. I'm going to go 42. He had a 45, 41, and a 41. He had 40 a few times in his career. It was with who? The Knicks? Yep. Yeah, we gotta look for players that have played for the Bulls, Knicks, and Lakers. Bulls, Knicks, and Lakers. Hey, Robinson played for the Lakers. No, no, no. No. Oh, wait, that has to exist somewhere. Let's think. Let's think. No, let's, just don't look on. it up. Don't look nothing up. I'm Mike. about to look it up, bro, because it's gonna be some random ass. Because I, bro. I'm thinking, and I keep thinking, oh, okay, that player like Todd Gibson, Carlos Boozer, they only got two. You know what I'm saying? Taj's never played for the Lakers, and um, oh. Carlos Boozer never played for the for the oh. the Knicks. That's crazy. Noah's like right there, but he's with the Clippers. Yeah, they, he was the Clippers. Say, <laughs> I was gonna say y'all. Yeah, it was Hawks and D Rose getting traded to the the Lakers a while ago, so he could have been one. The Dang played for the Lakers and Bulls. Um, Never hit the Knicks. My God. It has to exist. It Jamal has to exist. Cross, did Jamal Crawford hit a Lakers jersey? Never. Yeah. Always clips. That's a good pick, though. That was a, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, it's got to be somebody that's like 12th man roster type guy. Journeyman. Crazy journeyman. Mm. I'm having trouble thinking about Lakers teams, honestly. 
it's got to be something. It has to have happened at least once. Like, who won't, don't want to play in the three biggest markets? Like, it has to have happened. Um, ooh, ooh, Rondo, Rondo, but he never hit the Knicks. Never hit the Knicks. Oh. Uh, Damn, I was about to say, wait, Wayne Ellington played for the Knicks, didn't he? Yeah. No, he didn't play for the Bulls, though. No, he yeah. never played for the Bulls. That, I know Wayne Ellington was on the Lakers. And the bro, Lakers. bro, you know it's official, but not official? What? J.R. Smith. Because he didn't, he never suited up for the Bulls. He, he never suited up for the Bulls, but he was on the Bulls roster for a little bit. I got another one, too. Who? Uncle Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Facts, yes, damn, that's a good one. That's a good one. Tyson Taylor, yup, damn. Is he the? I think wrong. he might be the only one. He okay. Now I'm gonna Google it for real. Yeah, I'm gonna right. Tyson Taylor say that one game for us in the Lakers. We had that block. I think it was against, and he was punching the Trey, air after. Yeah, I think it was against Trey Young. It was Trey Young. It was like his last four first of energy. Yeah, Lakers. Tyson Taylor is is like yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you even Google this? I really don't know. I legit think you got to go through like every roster and be like, huh, anybody here play for this team, that team? Tyson yeah, Chandler. Tyson Chandler's a good one, bro. Oh, my God. Yeah, I feel like no one would have like written on this. Yeah. Or, like released anything about it. Yeah, I think you got to go like season by season. Look at the roster. Yeah, like Mike, you need to be going through Laker rosters. I'm just going through old Nick rosters, like real quick on basketball reference. No, so I, okay, I'll go to the Bulls. Play for all three, man. Somebody's in the comment section like spamming it, like a a single player, twelfth man rotational player. I think they probably looking at shit too. Nope. Luke Cornett never hit LA yet. He'll play for them one day though. Hell no. <laughs> uh, it's I'm telling you, bro. It's gonna be like a twelfth man rotational player, bro. It's a lot of people. Oh, 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 damn! I was gonna say Pau Gasol, but no, he never played for the Knicks. That's another. It's, we had a lot of players that just played for yeah, the Lakers and the Bulls. Noah, Noah Vonley never played for the Lakers, right? Uh, Noah Bond, no, he didn't play. Okay. Guys like Aaron Aflalo are close. Wait, Aaron Aflalo never played for the Lakers. I'm sure. No, he didn't. Jerry and Grant. I looked up Jerry and Grant too. Oh my God, he never played for the Lakers. He felt like he would have been perfect, bro. Like Knicks had Wait. him on a roster for one year as a backup PG. Jose Calderon ever played for the Bulls? No. Carmelo was close. Car Car Oh, no, he never played for the Lakers. I'm not sure. for the Lakers. He played for the Bulls. I mean, he was on the Bulls roster for a day. Man, I just keep getting names of like, oh, that makes sense. And then I look at it, and he never did. Mm -hmm. Did Travis Ware play for the Bulls? No. Okay. Ooh, nope. Okay, we're just killing airtime at this point. Yeah, that's. I feel like you're going to have to go back, man. 